Frisco podcast. To learn more about UR Frisco, please visit upburnfrisco.com. Let's pray again. Holy Spirit, help. <laughs> we rest in you. We thank you that you're, you're doing wonderful things in our midst. Pray that you would uh, come like a rabbi and reveal great and mysterious and deep things of the heart of God to us this morning as we gather, as we celebrate. In Jesus' name, amen. <laughs> this morning, I wanted, to, uh, I wanted to talk about some of the things that make us us, um, and, and also some of the things that make us uh, connected and united with the greater body of Christ around the world. Um, I recently read a, a leadership article on the importance of getting out your objective really quickly and the art of brevity. And so I'm going to try to keep this quick. And, and Ashley's going to stand up and share some from her heart. I just, this is a family affair, and this is a gathering where I want you to, to hear the heart of like mom and dad, essentially. And, and I say that with humility, knowing that there are men and women in the room who are older than me, men and women in the room who have uh, walked with God longer than I, men and women in the room who could probably lead a church better than me. But I wanted you to hear um, from us about what we see uh, planted by God in this body, where we've been and where we're going. Uh, Mark Twain once wrote in a letter to a friend, if I had more time to write this letter, I would make it shorter. And so we're going to spend probably 20 minutes on this, and, and then we're going to um, get to getting on with uh, the other things that we have to accomplish today. Uh, the core churches, or the core purposes of the church worldwide is to worship the Lord, to serve God and his people, and to bring people to Christ. Those are the three core purposes of the church, and those are things which we are uh, incredibly passionate about and will never, ever let go of those three things. But I wanted to talk a little bit today about uh, what makes us uniquely us. And here's a disclaimer before we jump into it. A danger in focusing on what makes us distinct is that we could fall into the trap of pride thinking that we have some secret knowledge that makes us superior. And, and I just want us to keep that in, in mind as we talk about some of the things that we feel are our core focuses, because the fact remains that we just do simple things for God, and then he does spectacular things within them, right? Right? Does that make sense? So we bring, we bring fish and some bread and he multiplies it for thousands of people, right? We, we sing a song, and he dispels and routs enemy armies, right? Like, we, we do these small things, these small yeses, and he, you know, shouts from that weak yes that, that we bring to the table. We lay a hand on someone. We lay our, our this, this normal hand that we use every day, we put it on someone, and God moves in power to heal things that doctors never could, right? We do simple things, and he does spectacular within them. We bring a widow's might, and he considers it the greatest offering of all, right? I went on a, a hiking trip 
this past week, and I was gone from my family for five days, and it was so remote that there was no service. And so before I left, my, my daughters wrote me a note to read every day. <laughs> I know. Oh. And um, they just said things, simple things like, Daddy, we love you. Daddy, we're proud of you. Daddy, we miss you. And take lots of pictures. And, <laughs> and there were drawings on each one. And, and those, those simple notes that my daughters wrote for me moved my heart in such great ways. I began to see that when we sing a simple song to the heart of the Father, it's just like one of those notes. We just brought you know, our, our simple, weak, I love you. I need you, and, and he, it moves his heart so, so greatly. Um, so we do these small things, and he unleashes spectacular, empowering grace on it. Um, but the minute that we begin to think that the things that we do are spectacular, we start on a journey into uh, pride where the Holy Spirit will walk with us uh, into the point where we are humbled again by his kindness and, and grace. Um, I believe that God won't force himself on a body of believers. He won't force himself to be the center of our attention. Um, Psalm 127 says that unless the Lord builds the house, those who labor, labor in vain. We want the Lord to build this house, don't we? Is there anything worse than laboring in vain? It goes on to say that unless the Lord watches over the city, the guards stand watch in vain. And in vain you rise up early and stay up late, toiling for food to eat, for he grants sleep. Whew, hallelujah. He grants sleep to those he loves. Isn't it interesting that the Lord goes from building a city and watching over a city and then uh, links it up with us sleeping us resting well. It's that, that we, we do these small things and the power of God shows up because we are submitted to him, because we're putting the Holy Spirit center. I, I think that it's, it's incredibly prophetic that uh, it was on Labor Day, a day of rest, that I was given the keys from the landlord to the new children's wing. He actually called me up and asked if he could drive to my house. I was still in my pajamas. And I was like, yeah, that's awesome. So I put on some normal clothes, walked to the door, opened it, and there's the landlord handing me the keys with a smile on his face on Labor Day. And the God was putting an exclamation point on the fact that this was birthed from rest and it will be built from rest. We need the Holy Spirit and his power to be on everything that we do. It's, it's the reason why sometimes it looks like we have no idea what we're doing. It's because we are seeking for the Holy Spirit's purpose in that very moment. There, there are Sundays when we gather and we worship for longer than we thought or shorter than we thought, and we, or we pull up prophetic voices to release prophetic words over people. There are Sundays when in the middle of worship we stand on stage and say, who has pain in their body? And we lay hands on the sick in those moments because we are doing our best to follow the Holy Spirit and believing that He is more important than our well-planned agendas. A powerful saint 
from overseas came to visit uh, the U.S., and this is the kind of person who had been persecuted, imprisoned while planting churches, had seen miracles, and he comes from overseas to see what church is like in the United States, and he goes to several large gatherings, and his comment at the end is, it's amazing what the church can accomplish without the Holy Spirit here. A.W. Tozer said something really similar. He said, if the Holy Spirit was withdrawn from the church today, 95% of what we do would go on and no one would know the difference. If the Holy Spirit had been withdrawn from the New Testament church, 90, 95% of what they did would stop and everyone would notice the difference. We love the Holy Spirit unapologetically make room for the Holy Spirit, put the Holy Spirit center stage um, the reason that people get up on a Sunday morning, pack up their kids, and sometimes drive a long distance, giving up part of their weekend to be here, is not because we have well-oiled motivational speeches. It is not because we have great programming. It is not because we have great coffee, although we do. It is because we're coming for the presence of God, aren't we? One of the parents quoted this very psalm this morning, Psalm 27, for this one thing, <laughs> this one and only thing, I ask from the Lord, <clears throat> that will I seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life to gaze upon the beauty of the Lord, to gaze upon the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. The reason I, I, I talk about the, the nature of Christ, the nature of God, the kindness of Jesus is because I want us just to be gazing at him. That is the, when, and when we're worshiping together and singing things about his nature and his beauty, there is a more manifest presence where we're able to understand, where we're able to view his glory in a way that transforms us. There's, there's no greater thrill in this world than to be touched by the Holy Spirit. Our heart posture and our expression of devotion is to God first. We found that as we worship him, as we, as we lift him up, uh, people are ministered to in, uh, in ways that where, where it's like the bread and fish are multiplied. When we, just, when we worship the Lord together and point all of our attention and all of our affection at Him, everyone in the room gets ministered to. Conversely, if I were to stand up here and, and try to minister to every single person in the room, it wouldn't work, would it? But when we put the Holy Spirit center stage and worship him, he is able to make everyone in the room feel like they're the most important person there and that he came for just them, right? So our purpose in praise is not at the expense of loving people, not at the expense of ministering to people. In fact, the most loving thing that we can do is teach people how to worship and pray to this one who's worthy. 
because it's in that place where we, where, where everyone gets transformed without us doing the work. It's the Lord building the house. If I'm, if I'm trying to minister to every person first, that would be me laboring in vain. But if I, if I minister to the Lord first and keep him first in my heart, then he flows from that place and everyone gets the benefit. We uh, unapologetically worship Sometimes for a very long time. Sometimes we sing the same line over and over. And it's, it's because we feel God's pleasure on it. We feel like he's authoring faith in our hearts around some aspect of his nature. And so we'll sing it over and over again. And it's as if it's washing us. Or it's as if it's hammering deeper into the place of, of our own identity in him. We have such a high value for uh, ministry to the Lord. In 1 Peter 2, 5, um, it says this, that you yourselves are like living stones being built up as a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, to offer spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. That's us. Every single one of us, we are a temple of the Holy Spirit, right? Can you, can you say, I'm a temple of the Holy Spirit? I'm a temple of the Holy Spirit. See, we were bought at a price. His spirit dwells in us, but there is something very special that happens when a whole bunch of little temples come together. It says that we are being formed together into something special, into something different, into something bigger. And it is a place where spiritual sacrifices are offered up. It's a place where there is a more manifest level of, of his glory in the room. What would it look like if every single one of us barged into this room every Sunday morning or in the prayer rooms throughout the week, just like Mary barged into the room with her alabaster box? What would that look like? Um, our, our founder, Michael Miller, came up with this great acronym for uh, what we do in worship, and it's, it's FUEL. It's F-U-E-L, FUEL. And the F stands for faith means when we begin to worship and we're telling God you're, something like, you're, you're good, you're always good, you will always be good, and we're singing good of his goodness over and over, we, we feel that there is some uh, powerful um, anointing on, on that reality, and so we sing it over and over, and it births faith in our hearts to realize that he really is good. And all of the lies that we had about him not being good are being torn down as we sing that he is good. And so faith is being authored in our hearts. And then the you is unity. We all gather around that. And so there are times where we might be singing, you're good, you're good, you're good for 5, 10, 15 minutes. And what the, the most important thing we can do in that moment is join in. We just unify around that because God loves that kind of... Um, other, otherliness that we are mutually submitting to what we feel that the worship team is, is tapping into. And when we unify around that, it, it looks a lot in, in the spirit, it looks like this. Everyone has seen a bird fly, right? But you guys, have, have you ever seen those pictures uh, or those videos of massive migrations of birds where they're all you know, flittering and flipping and turning all at the same moment and it looks like a, this movement of artwork through the sky? You guys have ever seen that? It's incredible. That is the difference between one bird flying before the Lord and a congregation coming together in unity. And when we come together in that place of unity, uh, encounters happen. 
God meets us in those, in those moments. It's, uh, it's those times when you, we're praising God and we realize our back pain is gone. Or we're praising God and we realize the thing that we were afraid of we're now laughing at, right? You guys have all been there, right? We're praising God and we realize that that knot of anxiety that was in our chest has been broken because we realize that he has plans to prosper us. It's broken. And then the L stands for liberty or freedom. He, when, when he has birthed faith in our hearts and we unify around it and sing it and we've encountered God, every time we encounter the presence of God where the presence of the, the Lord is, there is freedom. He brings liberty in that place. And guys, that's, that's what we're here for. We don't want to play church. Like, we, we don't want to come up with man's ideas for how to fix things around us. And, and we, we want to encounter God and have him set us free. We, when we worship, we almost always, almost always start off with this, this radical thanksgiving. And, and gratefulness, because we enter his gates with thanksgiving, and we enter his courts with, so we come with thankful hearts. Uh, our, our posture, we might not be specifically saying thank you to God, but our posture in our hearts is thankfulness, it's gratitude. That's how we start worship, because we believe that that is how we, we enter into a realization of his presence. Like we can't escape his presence, right? We're seated in heavenly places. And so when we thank God, it's not that we have been transferred from one place to another. It's that the eyes of our hearts are get open and we have a perspective from heaven, right? In this place, we, uh, we believe that intercession changes things. So we, don't, we worship and we pray. We take Jesus' famous words to heart where he says that my father's house will be a house of prayer for all nations, and zeal for his house, this kind of house consumes him, and consequently, that zeal infects our hearts. We have a zeal here to see this be a house of prayer, a place where we minister to him through worship and prayer. We know that he continually lives to make intercession for us, and so we love to join in the conversation and release prayers that shift things on the earth. Acts 2.42 is, has always been a very important verse for me. It, it highlights what the, the, the first church looked like. Uh, the, the first century church, it says in Acts 2.42, that they were continually together, devoted to the apostles' teaching, to fellowship, to breaking bread, and to prayer. Those are the things that we want to keep uh, central in, in this body um, Ashley, did you want to share some of the things that you had about why? Hey, you want to come with me, bud? Can you help me? Um, it's, it's really important because some people are like, well, why is there a prayer room? And why is it so important to minister to the Lord? And we, we consider ourselves students of his presence. And um, if you guys, I don't know if you have a Bible, you want to turn to 2 Samuel 7. There's a beautiful thing that happens between David and the Lord here, and I'm just going to read a little bit of it real quick. Um, now, when the king lived in his house and the Lord had given him rest, 
from all his surrounding enemies. The king said to Nathan the prophet, See now, I dwell in a house of cedar, but the ark of God dwells in a tent. And Nathan said to the king, Go, do all that is in your heart, for the Lord is with you. But that same night, the word of the Lord came to Nathan, Go and tell my servant David, thus says the Lord, Would you build me a house to dwell in? I have not lived in a house since the day I brought up the people from Egypt, from Israel to Egypt to this day, but I have been moving about in a tent from my dwelling. In all places where I have moved with all the people of Israel, did I speak a word with any of the judges of Israel whom I commanded to shepherd my people Israel, saying, Why have you not built me a house of cedar? Now therefore, thus you shall say to my servant David, thus says the Lord of hosts, I took you from the pasture, from following the sheep, that you should be prince over my people Israel. And I have been with you wherever you went and have cut off all your enemies from before you, and I will make you a great name, like the name of the great ones of the earth. And I will appoint a place for my people Israel and will plant them so that they may dwell in their own place and be disturbed no more. And violent men shall afflict them no more as formerly from the time that I appointed judges over my people Israel. And I will give you rest from all your enemies. Moreover, the Lord declares to you that the Lord will make you a house. When your days are fulfilled and you lie down with your fathers, I will raise up your offspring after you. So What's happening in this, in this moment, if we're students of God's presence, is this beautiful thing happens where David decides, he says, he gets, he gets this revelation. He's like, Lord, I want to build you a house. And God is moved and he says, I never asked for that. No one's ever thought to do that. And what that ends up leading to is the Lord blessing David and saying, I will establish your house because you established mine. And it's the same thing that happened with the alabaster jar when it's like, why this waste? When in that moment, she came in and she did something so over the top to give him something so over the top that didn't make sense. Why would you show up here in this room throughout the week to give an hour and sit on your lunch hour? Why would you come here in the evening to just sit in a room? Because when we begin to study and be students of what moves him, we come here because we want to move him and minister to him. And that's the first thing. That's, that's why we call this place home or this place home is... Um, and I've been really messed up by this over the last week, but that's why that's first. That's why that's first, because something really beautiful happens in the heart of God. Most of us are walking around, it's like, I, I don't have anything I can give him. But when we create a place and a space to look at him and minister to him, it does something in the heart of God. And you guys, we get the privilege to do something in the heart of God. And that's why we do a prayer room throughout the week. And, and I encourage you, again, if you haven't experienced it, come and sit. And sit until you get it. <laughs> until you understand the why. Some of the things that we um, are doing in the, in the coming days, the, the small, simple things that we're doing, although they seem kind of big and scary at times, is, um, starting tomorrow, we're tearing walls down. 
to make more room for people to come and encounter God, to make more room for people to come and worship Jesus. Some of the simple things that we've done in following the Holy Spirit is we've, uh, we've entered into a lease agreement with, for 6,000 uh, square feet to create a children's wing to, so that we finally have room for all of these kids. And we believe that as we are just doing these small and simple things that God will continue to do spectacular things in our midst. And I'm really excited that we get to do this together. And so um, I'm going to ask for uh, not just your participation, if you can participate and help, we, we, we do want your help, but also I want to ask for your grace. There might be dust on the floor for the next three months. I don't know. There might be uh, things that we, it might not be as comfortable in here. There might be sound issues because we've knocked down walls and now the sound is bouncing off further walls. And, and I just want your, your grace, your participation, and I want to call you into covenant family with me with me and Ashley and, and the elders here, um, just uh, we, we would be honored to run with you guys into this next season. Can we stand together in prayer? Holy Spirit, I can feel your bond of peace in this moment. We thank you for the unifying force of the Holy Spirit. We thank you that when you come, everyone realizes what's most important. We lay down all of the things that we think. and We take on your opinion of things. We thank you, Holy Spirit. I pray for my friends in this room that we would all be given that spirit of wisdom and revelation. That you would open up the eyes of our hearts and that we would realize the vastness of your love for every single one of us. God, I pray for this season of expansion that you would help us. <laughs> Can you guys say help? <laughs> that you would help us, Lord, as we're uh, launching into uh, construction, as we're, uh, as we're moving the children's department next door, all the logistics. God, we pray that you would bless us to manage this well, and it's all for you, Jesus. In Jesus' name, amen.